Take your Bibles this morning and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Living stones built up a spiritual house, spiritual priesthood, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. How are you doing with your living stones? Someone showed me a living stone that they discovered in their yard this, for this last week. I assume before they put it in their pocket and identified it as a living stone, it was just a dead rock. But I am thankful that we are living stones. I'm thankful for the living stones that are here at Calvary Baptist Church, aren't you? The men and women, the boys and girls who minister and who share and who are part of what's going on here. And it is just great to see God at work in people's lives. Amen? I just trust that He is at work in your life. Now we have been working on a scripture verse. It's found in our text this morning. It's Second, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Let's look at this verse together. What we're going to do this morning is we are going to start with the reference. 1 Peter 2, 9. We're going to read the verse. And then after we get done with the verse, I'm going to go ahead with the text. All right? So that means we will not repeat the reference. So 1 Peter 2, 9. We'll read the verse together. That's almost sharing it. It's one voice, all right, and then I'm going to go with the text, and you will have to follow along in your copy of the Scriptures as we get to verse 10. Here we go, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now let's go on with verse 10. Once you were not a people... But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage, against, wage war against the soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. God's Word changes things. The good news of the gospel makes a difference in our lives. And this morning, I want to answer four questions. Question number one is this. What makes nobody's somebody's? That's a good thing to know. Question number two. What kind of somebody's are believers? Question number three. What are somebody's, that is believers, to do? And question number four is how do somebodies, that is believers, proclaim the excellencies of him who has called them? So our goal this morning is to answer those four questions and to practically apply them to our lives. Aren't you thankful that the gospel changes everything? God's word, God's truth, good news in our lives makes a difference. And when we look at what makes somebody, no, nobody somebodies, we must understand where we came from. We must recognize that before the gospel, something was wrong with our lives. Now, last week, we looked at this very quickly. Verse 8, a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Before the gospel, it is true that we were truth deniers. 
we did not understand what God's word has to say, and we were stumbling around in darkness. Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ is the light of the world? They that follow me, Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 8, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Have you enjoyed the full moon recently? I got up this morning, and it was still a full moon, brilliant in the western sky. It reminded me of the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. But before I met him, I was just stumbling around in darkness. But not only was I stumbling around in darkness, I was disobedient to the truth. I no longer understood. I did not understand what the truth was all about. And I walked not only in darkness, but I walked in disobedience to the truth. And the scripture says in verse 8, that because of that I was destined I was destined, I was doomed by the truth. We must understand that it is the gospel that makes a difference in our lives. But, Peter says, now something different has happened. I want you to notice a phrase, will you please? Verse 9, I want you to notice the phrase, but you are. I want you to jump down to verse 10. Once you were, but now you are. Verse 10 again. Once you had not, but now you have. What makes nobody's somebody's is that God makes a difference in our lives. But you are, once you were, but now we have. We are somebodies in Jesus Christ. Now, Peter has given to us a number of principles, and I want to very quickly outline these principles for you so that you can know what Peter has said about somebodies. First thing he has said is found in verse 1 of 1 Peter chapter 1. You may want to mark this. That we are sojourners who are in exile. Elect exiles. We are sojourners. This is a temporary place in which we lived. Amen? Matt, saying about that this morning. This world's not my home. I'm just going through it. And one day I won't be here. I will be up there. Amen? Are you looking forward to going to heaven? Are you looking forward to seeing Jesus? Does that excite you? The only way that you can look forward to that with great confidence is to be a somebody in him and recognize we are just sojourners, but we are elect sojourners. But not only were we sojourners, we were once dead. But now are we alive in him. Verse 3 tells us of chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen? somebody because we were once dead but now are we born again and that relationship which we have is more precious than gold that perishes peter identified that for us down in verse 7 of chapter 1 so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, you looking forward to that? More precious than 
and we enjoy some things. We enjoy love, according to verse 8 in 1 Peter chapter 1. And joy, according to verse 8, 1 Peter chapter 1. Faith, according to verse 9. And according to verse 10, we have grace. God has given to us all that to enjoy. We have love and joy and faith and grace. Great blessings and benefit of being a somebody in Jesus Christ. Are you encouraged yet? Once we recognize who we are in Jesus Christ, it makes all the difference. We are believers. Look down at verse 21 of chapter 1. Who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. We are believers. We are believers who are to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Chapter 2, verse 5, right? Living stones to offer up those spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And there is a difference between us and unbelievers. We looked at that earlier. The gospel makes a difference. And so we now come to, you are. You are. Once you were, but now you are in Christ Jesus. There has been no society in history that has motivated its people to be more concerned about self-image than our contemporary American society. We've been led to believe that if our self-image is adequate, the remaining areas of our lives will become well-adjusted and successful. The contention has resulted in a literal flood of books and magazine articles on the subject of self-image. I'm okay, you're okay. It's part of our culture. Peter here speaks to the challenge of self-image. Declares that our basic problem with a poor self-image is spiritual. And although Peter does not specifically label our problem as self-image, he teaches us that the solution to enjoying an adequate self-image is in living life that is authentic in order for the communication of ourselves in Christ to be seen by this lost and dying world. We are somebody in Him. So let's look at this together. What makes nobodies somebodies? Look with me at verse 10, will you please? Chapter 2, verse 10. Once you were not a people... But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The first thing that we need to understand is that we are members of the family of God. But as many as receive Christ, John writes in John chapter 1, to them are given power to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. That makes us a people. Ephesians chapter 1 says that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And yet God has called us to himself and made us his children, a people of his own choosing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 
But what makes nobody somebody? The fact that we are members of the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, amen? Cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus. As I travel this old swampy sod. I added that part. But I'm part of the family. The family of God. Amen. Somebody give me a hallelujah this morning. Amen. We are members of the family of God. But not only members of the family of God, we have received mercy. Did you notice that in verse 10? Mercy has been received from God. And we know something about mercy. Now, grace. Grace is God giving to us what we do not deserve. Amen? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are members of the family through grace alone, faith alone, in Christ alone. Titus says, for the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. God giving to us what we do not deserve. Paul wrote, his grace is sufficient for me. In my weakness I find strength. And he gives to me what I do not deserve, and that is his grace. We talked about grace over in chapter 1 just a little bit. But the scripture says we've also received mercy. Mercy is God not giving to us what we do deserve. You are well aware that none of us deserve heaven. God did not get a good deal when I received his free offer of salvation and accepted Jesus Christ and was born again to the family of God. God didn't get a good deal. I got a good deal. Because I got what I didn't deserve, his grace, and I didn't get what I did deserve, lostness apart from God. And I understood something about mercy. What makes nobody somebody? They become members of the family of God, and they know something about mercy. And they recognize that who they are is not dependent upon them or because of what they are. Who they are is all dependent upon Jesus Christ and what we have in him. Amen? I am so thankful for the mercy of God. We were not a people, now we're a people, members of God's family. We didn't know what mercy was about, but now we do. And we have the wonder of knowing God through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, that's been true throughout all the ages. Before Abraham was Abraham, he was Abram. He didn't deserve God's call in his life. Who was Samuel before he was a judge of Israel? Who was Gideon before he conquered the Midianites? Who was Saul before he came king? Who was David before he de defeated Goliath? Who were Peter and John before they were disciples? Who was Saul before he was Paul? Who are we before we become members of the family of God and know God's mercy in our lives? What makes nobody somebody's 
they're members of the family, and they know what it is to receive mercy. Now, what kind of somebodies are believers? Jump up to verse 9. We've been working on this verse, right? And so you should have an understanding of these four qualities that are part of our lives. But you are a chosen race. Isn't it great to know that we have been chosen? Now, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 talks about chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about us being predestined by God's sovereignty. Two parallel tracks that run in our lives. God knew he wanted us, and so he chose us. He picked us. And he has given to us the wonder of being one of his. We are a chosen race. Not only are we chosen race, we are a royal priesthood. Royal. Belonging to the king. Kate Middleton became the Duchess of Cambridge when she married Prince William. Before that, she was just a commoner. We have a relationship with God through his son, and we are royal priests. We have direct access to God as priests. We have intercession before God as priests. We can offer up spiritual sacrifices, our bodies and our praise, as we looked at that last week, as priests. This morning, you are part of the royal priesthood of God. Isn't that cool? And God has set us apart as his people. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Hagias ethnos is the Greek. Now, sometimes that word holy prickles us a bit because we say, I can never be holy. The word hagias, holy, is translated in our scripture, means set apart. I always get my Sunday outfit ready on Saturday night. I hang up the suit that I'm going to wear on my tie rack. I hang up the shirt that I, how does it match this morning? I pick out my tie. And I throw my underclothes and my socks on the floor so that when I get up before the sun's up and Connie's not up, I don't have to go digging through my dresser to find all this stuff. Now, this tie is holy. You didn't know that, did you, John? Not before now, okay. Now, the reason it's holy is because last night I set it apart to wear today. I had several choices. There are other ties I could have worn, but I chose this one. And that's what holiness means. It means that we have been set apart. 
And God has taken us, you and me, and set us apart for his own purpose so that we might fulfill his will and bring glory to his name. We talked earlier about this being God's house, about us being God's people. We talked about being in God's word, and that's where we are right now. And we are to proclaim God with his excellencies because of who God is. And we do that in holiness because we have been set apart for that purpose. You know, there are a lot of good people in this world that are not holy. That have not been set apart by God. Good people. But you and I are part of the holy nation set apart for him. And we are a people, verse 9, for his own possession. You know, it's interesting how the possessions of famous people, no matter how common, are very, very valuable. Napoleon's toothbrush was auctioned off for $21,000. Anybody want to pay me two bucks for mine? (laughs) I have a taker. Hitler had a cane that brought over $150,000. Jackie Kennedy Onassis had a set of fake pearls that brought over $210,000. JFK had a set of wooden golf clubs, Dennis. Yeah, ooh, huh? How would you like to pay three-quarters of a million bucks for those? Now, nothing special about a toothbrush. Nothing special about a cane. Nothing special about fake pearls, for sure. Wooden golf clubs, hickory sticks. Common, ordinary, except they were identified with the person who owned them. You and I are identified with the person who owns us. That is God himself. Amen? We are a people of his own possession, and that's what makes us valuable. We're commoners. We have nothing to offer. In this world, folks look at us and look down on us. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But we are children of the King of Kings. And that makes a difference in our lives. Because that makes somebodies out of us as believers in Jesus Christ. So what are we as somebodies to do? Verse 9, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Join me, will you? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to God answers prayer. God answers prayer. 
God answers prayer. God answers prayer. I'll praise his name. I'll praise his name. I'll praise his name. I'll praise his name. He's so good to me. Now, what we have just done is we have proclaimed the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light by saying, God is so good, God answers prayer, and I will praise his name. Amen? That's what we're supposed to do. We are not here for us. We are not here to talk about the tigers and it's a good thing. We are not here to talk about the weather. About our kids or grandkids, as wonderful as they may be. We are here to proclaim the excellencies. Why? Because he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Because we are somebodies in him. And the job that God has called us to do is to proclaim the wonder of him. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed his name to bear. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. I'll take him with me anywhere. And that is the verse that we have been working on, right? 1 Peter 2, 9. Can we say it again? Read it. Here we go. We'll start with the reference, and this time we will end with the reference. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2.9. Because of who we are in now, I want to take your hymn books. That's that thing in front of you that has a hard cover. Hymn number 300. Some of you may not know this hymn. It's one I started to quote. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian. Deb, would you play it, please? I'm not ashamed, his name to bear, I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian, I'll take him with me anywhere. What am I going to say? I'll tell the world that Jesus saved me and that he gave me a life brand new. And I know that if you'll trust him, that all he gave me, he'll give to you. I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian.
take him with me. And he went. And you saw the second stanza that went on. Did you know that song? Let's sing it together as one. chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people of his own possession. To do what? That we should proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, how are we supposed to do that? Let me just share four truths with you very quickly this morning. How does that take place in our lives? Truth number one is this. We are to live a clean life. Verse 11 says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against the soul. You and I are to live a life that points people to Jesus Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're to live a clean life. Not only are we to live a clean life, but we are to leave no room for slander, for people to speak evil of us. Verse 12, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We are to leave no room for slander. We need to understand that God has given to us an opportunity to teach good lessons, good deeds, not just good words. Good deeds, not just good words. Earlier I quoted Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves as gift of God, not of works, the same ancient both. Verse 10 is this. By the way, verse 10 comes after verse 9. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. James puts it this way. You show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. We need to teach lessons with good deeds. 
and we need to understand, we need to learn that we are being watched. Hmm? We're being watched. People take note of who we are. That we may glorify God on the day of visitation. Somebody's, yeah. Somebody's in him. When I was in high school, I was a lifeguard at a Christian camp in southern Ohio. Sada Hills Christian camp. Still operating today. My dad was on the camp board. And so dad would show up every once in a while just to make his presence known and to probably keep an eye on me. One day I was in the kitchen. Kitchen's a good place to be at camp. That's where the food is. And the chief cook, whose name was Flossie, given name Florence, we called her Flossie, and I were doing something around the oven. I, I, I don't know if we were baking cookies or biscuits or what we were doing. But some visitors came into camp, and my dad happened to be there. And so to make them feel at home, he went up to them and said, Hi, my name's Clarence Townsend. Flossie and I were over in the corner, and we said, Big deal. <laughs> Who cares? You are a child of God, and that's a big deal. And God cares. So this week, let's live out the truth that we are living stones. Being, process, being built up a spiritual house. Holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through His Son, Jesus Christ.